Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Pastor Adam Harold, and I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this Refuge Church podcast. I am one of the lead servants here at the Refuge, along with my beautiful wife, Tanya. And I just want to tell you a little bit about what's going on for today. Today, as you notice, our welcome is completely different. I'm not applauding everyone for getting out of bed, and uh, and you may not be able to hear uh, applause. And the reason for that is because I am in my office by myself recording this message that was uh, delivered on February 10th, uh, this last Sunday. Uh, what happened was our uh, we we had some technical difficulties. And we felt like this message was important enough to, to get out. So um, I'm recording it today on Valentine's Day just for you. Uh, this is my Valentine's gift to you guys, all right? So hopefully you enjoy it. It's going to be a little bit different feel. I want to get that out there from the very beginning because um, I don't like to pretend that, uh, that we're perfect. I don't like to pretend that we get everything right 100% of the time because we don't. And so um, I just want to be upfront and real with you and let you know the setting of, of how we're doing this. And hopefully hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you don't enjoy it much more than uh, our normal flow because we're not going to do this every week. <laughs> so uh, we want you to uh, make sure that we, we just want to make sure that you get God's word from this week, and it's important enough for us to do it like this. So we're in a series right now at The Refuge called Uncommon. We're talking about relationships, and this isn't a marriage relationship series. This is a relationship series, period. And we are operating on this big idea that great relationships are possible, but they're probably not probable. Great relationships are possible. They're just not probable. Uh, and the reason for that is because with everything in life, there's always an, a godly approach and a worldly approach. And if you approach relationships from a worldly perspective, then uh, your relationships are going to fail. Um, God is the one that holds those relationships true, that he's the one that makes them last. And uh, that's not to say that you can't do it completely without God. I know people that aren't believers in Jesus that have good, strong marriages uh, and have so for, for years. Uh, but there are times in those relationships where it just it's not as good as it should be, ladies and gentlemen. And so uh, we've said that we have to have an uncommon approach when it comes to relationships. And this uncommon approach to relationships we find in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. I'm going to read for you, uh, and hopefully you've got a Bible with you, or hopefully, uh, you know, you got a cell phone. Uh, but let's be honest, most of you are probably listening to this in the car, because um, that's where you listen to your podcast. And if you're in your car driving, I'm going to read it for you the best that I can. Do not worry about following along. We want you to be safe. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 in the New Living Translation says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that, will, that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person 
by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, God's desire for your relationships, for your life is good, pleasing, and perfect. But it has to start with transformation. It has to start with transformation. Last week uh, in my message, I talked about how God is a God that um, isn't to be understood, but to be experienced. God is a God that isn't to be understood, but to be experienced. And when we experience God, like really experience God, he is the one that transforms us. And the way that he transforms us is by us renewing our mind and renewing the way that we think. And so every Sunday, I get up to talk. And every Sunday, you listen to someone speak. Hopefully it's, hopefully it's me, but I know that it may not be me, but... You listen to someone speak to hopefully change your mind about the way that you think about some things. Now, some of you, this this might scare to death the idea of transformation. I see people every every week that come and start to be a part of the Refuge Church, and um, and then they they distance themselves after a while uh, because they start to to see transformation, and it starts to scare them. Let me just say that. I don't think transformation is something that you need to be afraid of. In fact, godly transformation is extremely safe. It's where he wants you to be. It's where God intends us to live by transforming our minds every single day of our lives. And one of the areas that God wants us to be transformed in is an area that, we, that we're focusing on in this message, and that is the area of our communication the way that we speak to one another. Let's be honest, this is a challenge for all of us. The words that we use are, um, are a challenge at times. But just like commitment this past week, the, the, the week before last, um, and just like love the week before that, there's a world's way and there's a God's way when it comes to communication. And when it comes to the words that we use, can I just say that um, social media has made this extremely, extremely difficult. Um, all you have to do is, is look at a computer or look at a cell phone, and, and you can see just how warped people are when it comes to their communication, when it comes to the words that they use. It amazes me at how someone can use such hateful language towards someone that they do not even know, that they've never even met, because maybe they're on a page that, um, that is a political page, or maybe they're on a, on a page that, one of my favorite pages to, to visit, a sports page um, of my favorite sports teams. And we start talking and debating, and, and we debate with people that, that we don't even know, and we use words that we wouldn't use to the people that we love the, clo- the closest. Uh, we love the most. And so when it comes to communication, uh, what what has happened, and I think that social media has a lot to do with it, even though it's not the primary reason, but the reason that we're able to use such hateful words towards people that we've never even met is because we've managed to take the person out of the communication. We've dehumanized communication 
Uh, we've we've taken the person com- completely out of it. I'm sorry, that word was dehumanize. I am not going to go back and edit that because it's kind of funny that I said dehumanize. It's not dehumanize. It's dehumanize. I apologize uh, for uh, for that. But is, we dehumanize people uh, when we, when it comes to the language that we use. We look at a screen on a phone or on a computer or on an iPad and and all of a sudden we think that we're not talking to a person. Ladies and gentlemen, on the other side of that screen, there is a person with a heart and with feelings and with emotions. And, and it's not okay to use language that we use sometimes when it comes to social media. I want you to know this morning that uh, or, or this afternoon, or whatever time it is that you're listening to this, that the blood of Jesus offers forgiveness for all of this. He offers healing for the words that have been spoken to you and the words that have, you have spoken over others. We've got to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can communicate in a healthy way to one, to one another. Now, hopefully, in some way, God is able to use this, this podcast. And again, this is why I'm taking the time to do this today. Because hopefully God can use it to challenge the way that we think when it comes to communication. I want to start uh, by explaining just four layers of communication. And uh, to be honest, uh, in this format of, of just kind of reading my notes, uh, not standing in front of people, um, I don't want to lose any any emotion in this. I want I want I don't want to just read it. Um, I don't. I also don't want to just uh, fly through it either. I'm afraid that if I go through these these points, uh, that I'm just gonna gonna breeze right through them. And I don't I don't necessarily want to do that. I want to do it with emotion. I want to, I want you to laugh. I, I hope that you've already laughed somewhat today uh, as you're listening to this. I don't want it to be much different than what what I normally do on a Sunday. Uh, so the four layers of communication, layer number one is surface communication, surface communication. Hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? Questions that are just surface level that we, re- that we ask people, but we don't really expect much of an answer. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm all right. And so oftentimes we ask the question, hey, what's up? Or, hey, how you doing? And someone says, you know... Uh, life kind of stinks right now. And you, oftentimes the person that asked the original question kind of looks back like, oh, um, I, I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really want to get deep <laughs> because it's just surface level communication. Layer number two is general information. General information. This is a little bit deeper than, uh, than the original surface level information. Uh, just to want more, uh, more information and, and, and ask for more information. Uh, fellas, it's Valentine's Day. Let me give you a little bit of a romantic tip. At some point today, tomorrow, this next week, look at your lady and say the four most romantic words to her. And then what happened? <laughs> and then what happened? Give me more information. Let me know here. Let me hear more. Let me let me really care about what you're communicating with me. Uh, and your ladies will be uh, be very ex- excited that you've asked them for that. Uh, layer number three of communication is uh, deep feelings. Deep feelings. Uh, feelings aren't always right. 
but feelings are always real. Let me say that again. Feelings aren't always right, but feelings are always real. And when you can communicate to someone in a way that they know that their feelings are important to you, that it is safe for them to express their feelings, then it can be a very powerful, powerful thing. This next Sunday, in just a couple of days, um, I'm going to be speaking on conflict. And um, let me just say that I'm excited for this Sunday's message on conflict. Um, I hate conflict, but I'm excited for this message on conflict because I believe it's going to offer us uh, some really healthy ways to deal with, deal with conflict. But a lot of times when it comes to the communication in conflict, um, instead of blaming someone else, for the feeling that we have, what, um, why don't we say, use words like, uh, when that happens, this is how I feel. Because the fact of the matter is, is that people can argue facts all day, but they cannot argue feelings. They can't argue how it, things make you feel. And I'm not saying that we need to operate based on feelings. Please don't hear that. Just hear that your feelings are real. And, um, and it is a layer of communication that we have to get through. Uh, layer number four is deep needs. Deep needs. So layer one is surface communication. Layer two is general information. Layer three is deep feelings. Layer four is deep needs. Most marriages struggle to get to the level of deep needs. But ladies and gentlemen, when your marriage gets to the level of deep needs, what happens is uh, he meets her needs, and she meets his needs, and he meets her needs. And what happens is it becomes a beautiful, beautiful cycle that every marriage was intended to be in, in my opinion. But most marriages do not get there. And the reason they don't get there is because there are barriers when it comes to communication. Barriers that when it comes to communication. So Dr. Howard Markman and his, uh, his research partner, Scott Stanley, uh, study communication for 20 years. They came up with four communication barriers that I want to give you. Barrier number one is withdrawal or av- avoidance. Withdrawal or avoidance. This is the good old silent treatment. Uh, every couple in this in, in, that, that listens to this podcast, every couple has gone through the silent treatment. And funny story is um, I didn't do the silent treatment before I got married. I didn't know what the silent treatment was. Um, to be honest, but um, but Tanya always did the silent treatment so so well, um, and and if I'm honest, uh, every game that we play in my house, Tanya wins every time, especially the silent treatment game. Um, I you know, and partly the reason is because I like to hear myself talk. That's why I became a pastor. <laughs> I'm kidding. Some of you might think that I'm not kidding, but I'm only kind of kidding. I do like to hear myself talk so much that I lose the silent treatment game every single time. But withdrawal and avoidance is not a healthy way to deal with, uh, with communication. And so we with, we withdraw when we get hurt. uh, But but that's not healthy. So the second communication barrier that we have is escalation. This is when tempers flare. Escalation. Uh, Yelling occurs. This creates a snowball effect and both sides get increasingly angry. 
gentlemen, research has shown that as a man, your heart rate, when your heart rate gets over 100 beats a minute, you lose all ability to think rationally. 100 beats a minute, that's all it takes, guys. And you stop thinking in a rational manner. Escalation is a, is a difficult thing to, to get through. Um, the third communication barrier that, that we all experience is invalidation or belittling. Invalidation or belittling. Invalidation occurs when a partner uh, subtly or directly puts down the thoughts and feelings or actions or worth of your partner. You, when you belittle someone and you make them feel smaller. Uh, now, in, in New England, we do this in the name of sarcasm uh, or, or even in the name of love. We say things like, if I'm not giving you a hard time, you should be worried. Uh, we say things like, I, I'm giving you a hard time because I love you. I'm doing it because I love you. Uh, and, and please hear me loud and clear. There's nothing wrong with that uh, unless it gets to the level of belittlement. When it gets to the level of putting someone down, then that's when it's, it's become wrong and, and we start to in, invalidate each other. But the reason we do this is, is we think that I've already lowered myself in being this cra in this crazy fight anyway. I've already brought myself down to a place I don't want to be. Uh, so instead of working to raise myself back up to where I need to be, what I'm going to do is I'm going to belittle you to bring you down to the level that I'm on. And, um, and, and so that's why we do it. The fourth communication barrier that we all uh, experience is negative interpretation or false belief. Negative interpretation or false belief. This is the most dangerous barrier of all because this is when Satan gets involved. When he starts to tell us lies that never really happened in the first place. John chapter 8 and verse 44 calls the devil the father of all lies. Satan will do anything he can to destroy all of us, especially tell us lies and get us lies into our, put lies into our head so that hopefully they get to our heart and he destroys us and stops us from doing what God wants us to do. He gets us to believe things that, we ne that never actually happened. And what happens is those things that he tells us actually become realities in our heart when they never even happened in the first place because he wants to destroy us. And so here's the question that we all must ask today is what do we do about it? What do we do about all of this? Well, we've got to have an uncommon approach when it comes to relationships, especially when it comes to communication. And thank God the Bible has a lot to say about it. One of the scariest verses in all of the Bible is um, in Matthew chapter 12, when Jesus talks about, um, about this thing known as the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. The reason it's so scary is because Jesus goes on to say that the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is unforgivable. And this verse is so scary that even as a youth pastor, I had, um, I had kids in my youth ministry that would come to me and say, uh, Adam, I think I blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And let me just say, if you've blasphemed the Holy Spirit, you would not be tuning into this podcast. Uh, you, you would have no interest in the things of the Holy Spirit. You have no interest in things of God. 
and and so so if if you're worried about that, I think you've got you've got uh, you can you can be at peace. Uh, but Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 through 37 says this. So it's, it's, it's directly after Jesus talks about the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And he mentions the words we use. Listen, what it says, Matthew 12, 36 through 37. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. In other words, your, your words will either set you free or they will get you in trouble. And here's what Jesus is trying to do here. He's trying to bring weight to the topic of words. Ladies and gentlemen, our world has loosened the weight of words that we use. They, we've, we've lightened words that we use when the fact of the matter is our words are heavy. The words that we say, the topics that we talk about, they all bring a weight that we need to rediscover in our world because our world has gotten loose on the topic of words we use. Some of you may be thinking, Pastor Adam, isn't that old-fashioned? Ladies and gentlemen, I want to pastor a church that is healthy. And if we're going to be healthy, then we have to talk about things like the, the words that we say the way that we speak to each other shows exactly how healthy we are. Our words have power. Jesus said that I will that, that I will give an account to God for everything that I've said. He's trying to bring weight to the topic of words. In the message paraphrase, Matthew chapter 12, verse 35 through 37. Every word that we say is uh, it produces a seed. On, on a ground that germinates and, and will eventually produce fruit. So in the message, I want to read this for you because it's such a beautiful, beautiful translation uh, or paraphrase. It's your heart, not the dictionary that gives meaning to your words. I absolutely love that first line. It's your heart that gives meaning to the words, not the dictionary. A good person produces good deeds and words season after season. An evil person is blight on the orchard. Now, that word blight is simply a disease that goes through um, and kills plants. It goes on. Let me tell you something. Every one of these careless words are going to come back to haunt you. There will be a time of reckoning. Words are powerful. Take them seriously. Words can be your salvation. Words can be your damnation. Words are powerful, ladies and gentlemen. We are all products of the words that have been spoken, spoken over us. Now, last week, Tanya and I had the opportunity to go and, um, and talk to some church planters about planting churches in other areas of the country. We went down to Alabama to do that. Uh, one of the church planters that, um, that we're coaching um, loved his city. We, we believe that he absolutely loved his city, but he would say things, small things, um, you know, things like, well, we've all seen the, the devastation of this city that we're going to, or we all know the o opioid crisis that is in this town. And, and he, would, he would speak over the, the negative things that, that are going on in his city. And I just looked at him and I said, hey, man, do me a favor. Stop saying that. Like, like, yeah, the people that you're communicating with and the people that you see, you know, of course they see it, but, but they need to hear about the hope that you're going to bring that city. 
They need to hear about the love that you're going to bring that city. They need to hear about the Jesus that is going to save that city from the area or, or from, the, from the things that, um, that other people have spoken over that city in the past. So stop doing that. And he came up to me later on, and he was just like, hey, man, thank you. Thank you for pointing that out to me. Like, I didn't even realize I was doing it. And ladies and gentlemen, it's the same way with our kids. It's the same way with our, with our church. It's the same way with other things in our life. We say things and we speak things over them that we don't even realize that we're saying. We need to realize that, that our words have weight. I'm thankful for people in my life that have spoken truth over me. People like my mom, my dad, coaches that I've had. When I was a kid, I lived to hear the words, I'm proud of you, son. In fact, I still live to hear the words, I'm proud of you, son. Tanya's really good at, at speaking truth over me. When I'm, when I'm discouraged, she, she has a, a great way of saying, Adam, you're, you're doing great in this area, or focusing on other things that that are positive. I do my very best to speak words of encouragement of my kids. I told my son today when he got out of the, the, the car for school, I said, you're a champion, Graham. Speak words of truth over them. I, I pray for my kids every day. I, I, I tell them, you're going to be a great leader, a great godly leader, one like Joshua that took the people to the promised land. You're going to show people a Jesus that loves them, cares for them. You're going to do great things because you're a champion. And I do my best to speak words of life over my kids. In the third verse of the Bible, God took a look at the world that was, that was formless and void. It, it wasn't there. And he said these, uh, these four words, let there be light. And with those four words, God formed the world around him. And ladies and gentlemen, with the words that you speak every day, you form the world around you. Instead of telling people what not to do today, I want to do my best to tell you what you could do instead. Irish playwright George Bernard Scott says, the single biggest problem with communication is the illusion that it has already taken place. When it comes to communication, we must be intentional with the words that we say, the words that we speak, we need to stop being careless with the words and start being intentional with the words we use. And so um, I want to conclude today's message with seven types of communication, seven types of communication that we can all use to be intentional. Don't worry, I'll do my best to be short with them. Number one is praise. Number one is praise. If you're driving in your car right now, I just want you to yell, praise God, praise Jesus, like like shout some praise right now. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 11 in the New Living says, Time, timely advice is lovely, like golden apples in a silver basket. I love that picture. Golden apples in a silver basket. You know what golden apples do to a silver basket? They add value to it. Your words, timely advice, adds value to people's lives, ladies and gentlemen, especially the lives of your children, especially the lives of your wife or your husband. Your children need to know that you believe in them every single day. Number two is thanksgiving. 
Thanksgiving. Be thankful for people around you. Speak good things to people and be grateful to each other. Use words like thank you and use it at least 10 times a day. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 21 through 22 says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The man who finds a life finds a treasure and he receives favor from the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, it is no coincidence that verse 22 that says the man who finds a wife finds treasure. It's no coincidence that it is paired next to the verse that says the tongue can bring death or life. It's no coincidence. Be thankful for each other. Be thankful for your spouse. The third one is affection. The third way that we can communicate intentionally is affection. Some of you have a hard time saying words like, I love you. And I think that that you probably don't use the words, I love you, because you think that you're protecting yourself by not using them. Can I just say that that's so far from the truth? Use words like, I love you. Affection and terms of affection are critical to relationship. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3 says, Long ago the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people. With an everlasting love, with unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. If I could look at you in the eye this morning, I would. And I just want to tell you that you are valuable, that you are loved. You are bought with a price. You are so valuable. You are so loved. And we're going to get to that more in a moment. Number three, or I'm sorry, number four is encouragement. Encouragement. Encourage one another. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Everything, ladies and gentlemen, everything out of your mouth either builds people up or tears people down. There are no neutral words. Parents, encourage your kids every day. Tell them that they're going to be great. Tell them that they're beautiful. I tell Anna she's beautiful every single day, every day, because I want her to know the truth about who she is. Number five, kindness. Kindness. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So last week when Ty and I went down to the south, I joked around with our people this last Sunday. I even joked around with a girl that was down there. I said, I think I have a toothache from all the sweetness of all the people down here in the south because people in the south are so kind. People in the, in the south are so sweet. And, um, and there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But can I just say that um, there's a fine line in being kind and being fake. But there's also a fine line between being real and being mean. There's a fine line between being kind and being fake. There's also a fine line in being real and being mean. Ladies and gentlemen, people in the South, they're always kind, but they may not always be real. Like, they may be kind to your face and then turn around and, 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 and you know, say something about you behind your back. But in, in the Northeast, we're really good about calling it how it is, about telling people, the, you know, how real we feel about about them and and we don't hide our emotions that's that's not who we are as as new englanders but can i just say that sometimes we can be mean about it we need to find the balance in both of those things 
Number six, speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Pastor Adam, I'm a realist, and I want to tell people the truth. How do I do it? Do it in love. Um, so so if, if you're going to be kind, don't be fake, right? But, but if you're going to be real, do it in love. Do it in love. Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body of the church. Truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. Grace and truth together is medicine for the soul that every person needs in order to find healing. And number seven, the most practical way that you can, um, you can be intentional with your speech is by praying for each other. You know, if I'm in an argument or if I'm communicating with, with, with someone, um, so oftentimes it's easy just to, just to stop and say, hey, you know what, can we just pray about this? Or, and, and I may include the other person in that, I may not. But just stop and pray and ask God for the help to communicate in a loving and caring way. I know I need, I need his help every day to, um, to speak truth in love. I need, his, I need his help every day to be intentional about the way I speak. Um, so there are two types of people that are listening to this message. The first type of person is the person that um, has, um, has spoken words over people that have been negative, um, that, that do not use wholesome talk. People that may need to go to God and ask Him forgiveness for the way that they speak, and maybe they need to, um, maybe they need to uh, go to some people and, and apologize for the way that way that they've spoken. And then the other type of person is the person that has had words that weren't true spoken over you, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to know that there's healing for both of you today. There's healing for both types of people. Maybe you're both types of person. Maybe maybe you're the type of person that that has spoken words over people and also had other words spoken over you. I want you to know that God offers you healing today. And the reason he can do that is because you are valuable to him. You're so valuable to him. The Bible says that you've been bought with a price, the very blood that Jesus shed on the cross for you was to purchase your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, The way that you determine how valuable something is is by the price that someone is willing to pay for it. God is willing to give up his most precious possession in order to bring you back to him. So if you would like to give your heart to Jesus, um, I just want to invite you to, to say this prayer with me. Say, God, I know I'm valuable to you. I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I ask him to come into my life, to heal me, to make me new. I ask you to forgive me for the way that I've failed you, the things that I've done to separate myself from you. I pray that you would forgive me so that I can be in relationship with you once again. I come back to you, God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you did me, if, if you said that prayer, would you do me a favor? Would you just shoot me an email, adam at refugemain.church? so I can celebrate what God has done through this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope to see you at the Refuge Church soon.
if, uh, if it's possible. If it's not possible, do me a favor. Just shoot me an email, adam at refugemain.church, and just say thank you so much for, uh, for listening to this, uh, for, for doing this, uh, just so that I can know uh, the kind of reach that we're having. God bless.